ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ I stand I stand I stand it's not just a song it's a truth it's not just some words on a screen it's words that anchor us and hold us because it's the truth it's the truth no power of hell no power of hell no scheme of man can ever pluck you from his hand you can let go you can surrender you can walk away but you can't be pulled away you can't be taken away till he returns or calls you home me home here we stand in the power of Christ we stand we have a hope in him that is unshakable let me change that because it can be shaken but will it be broken will it fail no because he is faithful and he holds us and he is in command so we have a confident hope take your seats I've got 20 minutes I'm going to put a timer on thank you Martin thank you guys John is going to help me out with an illustration in a moment and we've got a little DVD a little clip from the jungle to show you in a moment okay as an illustration of what I want to talk about and um In a bit, John, when we're ready, you just pick this up and do what we were talking about, all right? <clears throat> okay, but I'll just put that there for a moment. And um, you got your Bible? Yeah, switch it on. For you baby boomers, open the page. <laughs> I watched uh, <clears throat> a little competition between a baby boomer and a Gen Zer. Do you know what they are? You understand? That's an age thing. All right, I'm a baby boomer. If you're born between after 45 and between 1945 and 1962, 63, they reckon. Okay, and um, a Gen Zer is under 25 right now. The eldest Gen Zer is like 24. Okay, and uh, they had a competition, a couple of things that they had to do. And one of them was to read an analog clock. And the Gen, the Gen Zer couldn't read the time on an analog clock because everything is digital. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I've got to be really careful how I communicate to make sure that I communicate to every generation. <laughs> so I got a timer start, got 20 minutes, because we're going to go through next door and do some fun stuff tomorrow, together tomorrow, uh, this afternoon, in a minute, in a minute. Oh dear, I'm confused. Je- um, this is uh, Romans 15, verse 13. So I pray that God who gives you hope will keep you happy and full of peace. As you believe in him, may you overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
you can overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So hope is absolutely crucial in the world. It's not just Christians have to have hope. People need hope. Hope involves, this is from the uh, American Psychological Association, they say hope involves planning and motivation with determination to get what one hopes for. Hope is not a passive expression. It's not just sitting hoping that something happens. Hope is fuel to move in a direction. Hope is about having a destination. Uh, it also, there was some research that said this. Ch- uh, there was a survey done. Children who grew up in poverty but had success later in life all had one thing in common. This is again from the American Psychological Association. They all had one thing in common, and it wasn't their poverty that enabled them to succeed. It was hope. Hope enabled them to be successful later in life. It's not where you come from. It's where you're going. It's what are you believing? What are you dreaming of? Are you fueled with a passion for something that you aren't yet seeing? I used to have a a friend of mine say to to me, Bill, you're always frustrated. I hear you all the time saying you're frustrated. And uh, I had to say, no, you're misunderstanding me. Uh, I'm not talking about just I'm I'm disappointed with where I'm at. I'm anticipating more. If this is it, I am frustrated because I believe that there's more to accomplish, more to achieve, more to do for the kingdom of God than I have yet seen done through my life. So my frustration isn't with disappointment. My frustration with is, is because of expectation. I've got expectation. People function best when they are loved. People function best when they experience love. People function best when they have a hope. A hope. It's a fuel. Like love is a fuel, hope is a fuel for the way we choose to live our lives. Hope is in every single person. The the world knows that hope is necessary. Uh, Psychologists understand that hopelessness is is a, a place of desolation. And so people need hope. People want hope. People are looking for hope. And they put the hope in all sorts of different directions. Christians' hope is in Christ Jesus. We've just sung three songs, and all of them are about hope. God is faithful. That's why we are hopeful. We have a confident, confident affirmation that God will complete what he has begun. We have confident expectation that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And that we can dare to dream. Christian's hope is a confidence that something will come to pass because God has promised it will come to pass. So if he says, death can't have you, nobody can pluck you from my hand, then my hope is refreshed and invigorated and I'm going to hold on to him. Even when my world is getting rattled and things aren't going how I hope they are, or hope they would go, I'm going to stay true. I'm going to hold on. And I'm going to choose to live confidently because I know that he won't fail me. Are we ready with the video? Yep. Thanks, Elliot. Let's just want to show you this. And I want you to look for hope in this little video. This is a clip. 
from uh, uh, the jungle. Help, I'm, uh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Um, and I, I watch this because Ellen likes to watch it. So, so I faithfully endure. And, um, uh, and I, I saw this, and it spoke to me. I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to illustrate. So, kids, I don't know whether you've seen this, but this is like a, a, a challenge, a dare, all right? But they're, they're hopeful. Um, uh, Nadine and Andy do this particular um, dingo dollar challenge. And they are hopeful that they're going to accomplish the task. They're hopeful that they're going to get some reward because of their, their task being conducted appropriately and them succeeding. Okay, so the, but I want you to look for hope. Let's roll the tape. This is horrendous. This is not good. No. I've got to say, when I first stepped out, my legs were shaking a little bit. I'm going a bit well. This is really, really wobbly. You're doing great. Amazing. <laughs> as if this wasn't enough and these big gaps, then we'll do this as well. Amazing. It's going to drop down. Oh, well done. Well, I stepped onto one of the steps and before I knew it, I ended up falling through. I tried to go too quick. Luckily, my, my bum landed on one of the steps, so uh, it wasn't too bad. I'll never make it into a, into a circus. I think I'm more of a clown than a trapeze artist. OK, now I'm going to press the alien. Blue, 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 what? Oh, can there's the day going blue, blue, blue. Lovely, lovely, boo, boo. Lovely, baba, boo, boo. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the one. It is pacing. Right. Okay. Okay, amazing. Right, there you go. You on? Right, okay, I'm on. So, put that with the first one, yeah? Okay. I'll stay in until you've got back across. Wow, look at you go. I want to get this over and done with as quickly as possible, so I just kind of bounced across. Blue, 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 I'm going for this purple one. Maybe you should have gone further out. Nadine was unbelievable going across there like a gazelle. <laughs> Great job, Andy. Two down, three to go. After the second alien, my tactic was to just use the end of what they were saying. Blue, blue, blue. Our communication skills are just yeah. on point, Andy. Yeah. So maybe two strong accents put together works really, really well. Let's hope these are right, these last two. It was easier than it really should have been. Hopefully for the last time. <laughs> Dingo dollars, baby! Yes! Chocolate above Let's go see kiosk, Kev. Let's go! Let's go! Okay, just let me put on record. This is not that the girl was better than the man. All right? But can you see hope working there? Uh, let me just pull out, tease it out a little bit. You see, 
When you have a safety rope, you hope that it will hold you. When you, when you have a safety rope, you anticipate, you have a confidence that if something doesn't go as you hope it will go, that the rope has got you. And when you find that suddenly that expectation in front of your very eyes is realized, suddenly something rises in you. Your hope is strengthened. See, because what I see there is Nadine watching uh, the hero, the man, go first. I'll go first. <laughs> full of shaky legs and fear. And, and, and he's full of hope too. But he's not too confident. And so he's got hesitation. But suddenly something kind of goes wrong and he loses his balance and he finds that the rope of hope holds him. And he can just kind of gently sit down and then readjust himself and get back up. But I wonder, I wonder if Nadine's actions were fueled by the fact that she saw what she hoped would happen, happen, and her confidence to skip across those planks rose. So fear didn't have such a strong grip on her, but suddenly faith in the rope that she was hoping in grew. And as a consequence, she skipped across. Now, I want to read to you the same portion of Scripture that Camilla preached out of last Sunday because she really, she challenged me, she challenged us with just one, well, one question that I want to come back to. Uh, but this is what um, Carmela read to us, but I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation, which is just slightly different. And there's a, there's a twist in it in this translation that I want to just emphasize. It's there in the original Greek because I had a look. Not that I read Greek, but I just researched it. But this is John 15 from verse 1. I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you, so you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. But if you live, down to verse 7, but if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. I was intrigued with this translation that says, lifting and propping. The farmer lifts and props. Other translations says he cuts off. The essence is that he cares. And this isn't, you're not bearing any fruit, so I don't want anything to do with you. I'm getting rid of you. This is, you're fruitless at the moment, but potentially you're full of fruit. So I am going to lift and prop. I'm going to care for you in such a way 
that your hope in me increases and you become fruitful because my hope is in you. He says that he puts his hope in us. And so his hope in us is going to be tended and cared for by him. And so he's going to lift and prop. And I love the picture of being lifted and propped so that I can become more fruitful. And Kamala's question, Kamala's question to us was, do you produce this kind of fruit? And the fruit she listed was, uh, well, I'm going to do it out of order because you can, I want you to hear the words and not the pattern. Okay? The kind of fruit that Kamala said should be in us as evidence of being full of the Holy Spirit, there's um, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, kindness, goodness, joy, love, patience, peace. And so Camilla asked the question, are you fruitful with these fruits? Are there evidences in your life of these fruits? And there are others, but I want to say, We need to be lifted and propped to even bear more fruit. We need to be fruitful, full of fruit. We need to be bearing fruit. We need to be challenged that we are potentially fruitful. Fruitful. But it needs Holy Spirit. So my question is, how how do we get lifted and propped? How do I get lifted and propped? How do you get lifted and propped? Well, I've got, I've got some thoughts. Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait upon, the, wait upon God get their strength refreshed. They spread their wings and soar like eagles, and they run, and they don't get weary. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you are plans for good, not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. See, God's word is what lifts and props me. Jesus said, but if you live in life union with me and my words live powerfully within you, his words will lift and prop you. Colossians 1, 27, living in you is Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. The mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope. Filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. God wants everyone to know of his riches that he's invested in you so that your treasury of hope will overflow. Philippians 1, 6, I pray with, the great, with great faith for you because I am fully convinced that the one who began this, this glorious work in you will, be faith, will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and putting, and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's not finished with us. He's going to prop us up and he's going to help us become even more fruitful. And then Romans 15, 13, as I've just read. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace so you trust in him and may the power 
of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. My challenge to you today, my question to you today is, do your friends know that you're full of hope? Do they see hope radiating out of you? I'm going to give you a little illustration. John, you ready? Because, you see, hope is something, when we take a hold of God, when we take a hold of God, we put our trust in him, but also our hope in him. And so when I take a hold of God and allow him to be my rope of hope, uh, I'm going to choose his direction because, you see, I don't need hope for the next step, although I get it. My hope is in what I can't see. It's his company, his presence, all right? And so my, my hope is not just fixed in heaven. So imagine John is heavenly, all right? Just imagine that. But I'm going to take some steps, trusting in my hope, and all the time uh, I'm going to just move forward, trusting just bit harder. You keep the tension. Keep it up off the floor, all right, and just keep a tension between us. You see, because hope, hope has to be something substantial. It's not wishy-washy. It's not, oh, I wish something. I wish God would see me through this. Hope is much more confident. Hope is that if I take this step, he will lead me. If, but my hope is so secure that if I choose to, if I think, oh, this is really, this is really attractive over here, and I think, He's, he's got me. He's got me. He's not pulling me. He's holding me. He's holding me, and he's keeping me true through hope. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's always guiding me. He's always reinforcing my hope. Uh, it's confident. I can actually, I can really pull and say, no, no, but he's got me. As long as I've got hold of it, as long as I'm hoping, I can doubt I can question, but my hope will always bring me back to my true north. I will always be able to go in his direction. And knowing ultimately that one day I will be in his presence forever. Because hope won't let me go. Because he is hope. And he puts his hope in me. Okay, But I can let it go. I can Say, enough is enough. I don't believe. I don't want to go that way anymore. And you're free to do that. So what does the world see in you? What does the world see in me? Do they see somebody that's not led like a, a dog on a lead, but somebody who has confident hope in a God that they trust, and they live their life in a way that keeps them going forward, keeps them being influenced by the God of hope so that this hope in me overflows so that you can have hope because you've seen hope in me, so that I can teach you how I walk with hope and so that we can answer Carmela's question. Do people see this kind of fruit in you? Because you can grow not just in hope, but you, you can grow I hope to grow in love. I hope to grow in peace. I hope to grow in patience. I hope 
to grow in kindness. I hope. And I want to challenge you. Do you overflow because of hope? Do you overflow so that others can see God in you? So, Father, I pray that when we understand that if we see hope in action, it gives us confidence to step out, just as Nadine did on that challenge. She saw the rope of hope hold her friend, and it gave her confidence to walk confidently. I pray, Father, that as we see hope manifest in people around us, we would have the boldness and the confidence to walk confidently in this life that you've led us into, this life that you've given us, and that our lives would give others confident hope. And that it's not just, I hope something nice happens, but Lord, it's hope that you will never leave me nor forsake me, that you will always guide me and lead me, that you've always got me. Even when I can't sense you, you are near. Lord, thank you that in this season of Advent, hope is key. As the world is bereft of hope, I pray, God, that we as individuals would be windows into a world full of hope, filled and occupied by you, Holy Spirit. And it's our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.